Welcome back to church, huh? Did you miss us? We sure missed you, and uh, we're grateful that you came back this Sunday. And um, man, we just want to dive into God's Word. Before we do that, we've been given a little update on this 5G opportunity. So uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, you're coming into uh, the middle of a series, um, honestly smack dab in the middle, week four of seven. And uh, what we're trying to do is um, get our hearts ready. So there's five weeks called 5G, the next generation of disciple of Jesus Christ. And um, we're trying to get everybody's heart ready for this opportunity to give that we have as a church. So um, bear with us. I mean, we don't talk about money all the time. We don't talk about opportunities to give all the time. Those are blessed things. But um, just, just if you're visiting with us, just know that um, this is kind of unique and special. So um, if you were here last week, you got one of these. It's an envelope with a commitment card. If you weren't here last week or you didn't take it home, or for any reason you do not have one of these, go ahead and raise your hand. The ushers are going to come down and, and help you out right now. Okay, everybody's got... All right, good, 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 good. Keep it up there. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take a crack at explaining this again. Again, we're in this uh, 5G, right? So it's glorifying, it's growing, it's grateful. That was last week. Remember the verse we used? Oh, right? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. That verse, that phrase after David said that in Chronicles is restated many times in the scriptures. The verse we're going to go after today is the same way. And today we're going to be talking about graciousness. So true confessions from your pastor. I'm not very gracious. I'm not saying that because I'm proud of it. I'm just admitting that that's not in my nature, right? I'm pretty grateful by nature. I'm kind of generous by nature. Um, I want to grow by nature. Gloria, that's God's thing, so we're just going to leave that to God, right? But gracious, this is the toughest one for me. So maybe in the 5G, you have one that you're like, man, I'm pretty good at 4G, but taking it to the next level is like all five, right? And I just don't have that. And so this week, you know, it was just, I wrestled it down with God. God wrestled me down a little bit. And so hopefully there'll be some good, um, good fruit from that today. But I just, I just want to say that off, off the bat. Um, I don't want to be hypocritical. I don't be the guy that would say, like, I have this all figured out. Follow me. Um, this particular one, I'm pretty sure you need to follow someone else in our church on this, all right? Because I'm trying to follow other people as well. So, Anyway, that all to be said, I wanted to take a minute um, to explain this, right? So five weeks, 5G, then we have a commitment Sunday and a celebration Sunday, Lord willing. By God's grace, we're going to be grateful either way, no matter what happens with the giving, correct? And we we decided that last week, right? Yep, so we're going to be grateful no matter how much money uh, is put forward, whether we get to go forward with this opportunity to buy this land or not, we're going to be grateful. So um, just take this card out. This is a giving tree. Okay, so giving trees are kind of interesting. You like uh, the financial department of our church, who knows what people give, because I don't. They, they basically say, here's what our people could give if we were trying to reach this number. And uh, I just want to make this card really clear. So on the other side, so, so this side, there's like these numbers here, and you're going to like pick one that you want to target. You're going to be like, that's my total giving number, all right? On this side, you're going to like fill in a kickstart gift, 
and a faith pledge gift. They're both and, right? So the total of both of those comes up to whatever your number is over here. Okay, so I just want to be really clear with that. This is, I'll use my wife and I's example. We're going to give this kickstart. We're going to give it on November 11th, right? We're going to bring that money to the church. There's going to be a second offering. We've already decided our amount. We've already written it down on another card. We have an amount. That's coming in on November 11th, okay? That's great. Okay, but then we have another amount here that we've written down that we're like, God, if you would bring this money into our house, by faith, we're committing to bring it back to the house of God. So I just want to tell you a cool story about that since Kimberly and I are kind of going after that already. Um, so we decided our amount. It's a stretch. And because uh, we want not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. You know, our need is right here. It's 200000 but our, our goal is everybody, right? Sacrificial giving, okay? Giving something that might hurt just a little bit. You might have to rearrange your budget or change some things or, or just not do some things that you would normally do, right? So uh, my wife and I had a bill we had to pay this week. It was $200. Um, I won't go into what it was, but like for some reason, we didn't have to pay it. It was kind of a technicality, and so they were like, nah, you don't have to pay the $200. We're like, sweet. So we're like, let's go buy some clothes. No. We had already decided our amount, and so we were watching for God to show up. And when God was like, $200, she was like, man, can you believe it, Steve? And I was like, yeah, I can. Right now I can, because that's $200 towards that faith pledge that we're trying to get to. So that's kind of how we believe it's going to work. And we're hoping that you're going to see God work in that way in your house, okay? So we're not going to be knocking on your door if you don't meet your faith pledge, okay? We're not going to be chasing you down, right? Giving is a free thing, right? You give freely. There's no contriving, no coercing, none of that, right? Um, just want to explain it. Um, now, on November 11th, I want to say this, all right? I know we do our giving online. We do all our, you know, stuff. It's like kind of cool, but um, I'm going to ask, okay? I'm going to ask, like, bring the envelope with you. Put your amount on it, right? Let's all go together and give together that second offering. Whether you're in the first offering you give online, that's great. But in the second offering, everybody given with this in hand, right? Cash, check, whatever. Like, let's go all in, right? It's 5G. It's the next level. So, Hopefully, everybody got one of these. If you didn't get one, the ushers will give you one on the way out. If you need one, just see somebody. If you're not clear still, that's okay. There'll probably be a video coming out or something to explain more and ask any of the elders, leaders, small group leaders in the church. Enough on that. Everybody say enough. Thank you. There are details in church that need to be done, but they're not equally important with the word of God. All right, so let's just be really clear about that. And now we're on to something that is really, really, really important. And we want to learn how to be gracious today. We want to be a gracious church. Let me pray. Father, I pray. I pray for our spirit that right now, the power of your Holy Spirit connecting with our spirit that we would be open, open to the word of God. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen us under your mighty power 
so that we might know you, your character, and so that we might be changed to live for you, to grow in your love, and to be guided continually by your Holy Spirit. We love you so much, Lord. We want to love you more. We want to know your love more. And we're so grateful for your grace. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Excited to see how God's going to increase our grace, okay? As we uh, experience the grace he has for us, we can start to give grace to others. So, with that in mind, open your Bible to Exodus 34. Genesis, Exodus, Exodus 34. Get to Exodus 34. I'm going to read verse 6. That's our food for today. Exodus 34, verse 6. This verse, again, like the last verse we studied, is repeated several times, seven at least, parts of it 12 times or more uh, throughout Scripture. It's very, very important. Look at it. Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord passed before him, him being Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's our God. So, I want to see, uh, I want you to see the background on this. Because it's like one thing to read that and go, God is so gracious, that's awesome. But I want you to see what God's dealing with as he's gracious, okay? It's not just like, ah, you know, I'll just be gracious, right? I want you to see what he's dealing with. So look at chapter 31, just, just flip back a page, chapter 31, verse 18, look at it. This goes along with our first point, which is, we see the grace of God revealed in Scripture. I want you to see the grace of God right here revealed in Scripture. It's revealed all over the pages of Scripture, but it's revealed right here pretty clearly. Okay, look at verse 18. Chapter 31, verse 18. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God written with the finger of God, like God carved out on stone words for us. What do we call this? The Ten Commandments, right? All right? The Ten Commandments. And so here's the rest of the story. Chapter 32 happens, and God says to Moses, the people are crazy. <laughs> this is a Steve Diedrich version. <laughs> the people are crazy. He says they're stiff-necked. They keep disobeying. What, what's up? And, and uh, Moses is like, whoa, what, what? Okay. And so he's like, well, please, please forgive us, right? Don't, don't annihilate us. Please forgive us. And Moses starts praying for the people. When Moses comes down off the mountain to actually see what's happening with the people, he has the two tablets written with God's finger in his hand. Pretty big deal. And when he sees what happens in the camp, right? They're, they built this calf. Aaron built the calf. They're worshiping this idol written on the tablet is don't do this, right? And he takes these and he throws them and he breaks them. Anger, right? Righteous or not, who knows? I don't care, okay? That's not the point. 
and he breaks them. Because of sin, right? Sin separates us from God. Our desire to worship something else other than God, our desire to, you know, be taken captive by other things other than God. Excuse me. Had a cold lately? Yeah. You'll hear more about that in a second. So there's sin in the camp. And Moses has this amazing interaction with God in chapter 33. You can go read it on your own. Where he basically says to God, God, if you don't go with us, because God had said, fine, go. I promised I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to give you the land um, that I promised. I'm going to bless you, but, but I'm not going with you. <laughs> and Moses is like, no, God, don't, don't send an angel. We want you to go with us. And so he uh, has this great interaction with God. And God says, yeah, I'll show you my glory. And he said this, this is verse 19 of chapter 33. I will make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim to you the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. God gets to decide who to be loving and gracious with, who to be merciful to. Thank you for your grace right now as I struggle through that. The Lord, his name, the covenant name, we talked about it last week. I'm not going to explain it again, but look down at chapter 34. The Lord said to the Moses, cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were at the, uh, on the first tablets, which you broke. Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to the Mount Sinai. Present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you and let no one be seen throughout the mountain. Let no flocks or herds graze opposite the mountain because no one can see God. So Moses cut two tablets of stone, good obedience, like the first, and he rose early in the morning and went up the, on Mount Sinai and the Lord had as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand two tablets of stone, Big deal? He said two tablets of stone like three times. It's a big deal. The Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there. That's grace. And proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You ever been in that position? Just blatantly don't obey God. He says, don't build a calf, you build a calf. He says, don't do this, you do it. I think we all have this guilt feeling, and then we get this kind of complex that God's like the lightning bolt that's going to strike us. Anybody? 
It's like whack-a-mole and I'm the mole and God's the hammer. And I think that's not God's character. I know I realize we're only focused on one side of God's character. There's truth and grace. But the truth is God is grace-filled and this is his character. We want to be a church where we see the grace of God revealed in Scripture. Are you reading the Scriptures? Are you seeing God's grace? Or do you have a bent when you read the Scriptures, like I did, where it's like, God's an ogre, God hates me because of sin, and he's going to leave me every time I sin. I have to beg him to stay. I pray no. Let me read for you um, some scripture that will make this clear. This is revealed from scripture. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. We just talked about that. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find help in time of need. The last verse in the Bible says, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. This is just a little journey through the scriptures, and so powerfully revealed that God is grace-filled towards you, grace upon grace. Grace in sending Jesus Christ, the Lord, right? We didn't see Jesus, I didn't, did you? Like, but, but I see scripture, I see Jesus revealed in scripture, I see God's grace revealed in scripture, and so I wanna keep coming back to that and back to that. Let me illustrate it this way though, and it's because of Scripture, I want to be clear, it's because of Scripture and its example that I see this, but I see God's grace in my own life. You ever see God's grace in your own life? Consider the cold. It's not fun to preach with the cold. not fun for you to listen with me coughing and hacking. And, you know, I was kind of whining to God about it on Tuesday. I was like, really, God? Can I catch a break, please? And then I remember what I preached last week, which was about gratefulness. And I tried to apply that to my life. And so, as I applied it to my life, this is how it kind of went. God, I want to be grateful for this cold. And God was like, all right, here you go. Here's a thought for you. You're hacking. You're coughing. It hurts a little. But you never coughed once before you had that steroid injection last Friday. And had you you may have been in a very bad place. My whole family had the cold while they were at VCC. They all got it the week before I got it, and I didn't get it. I'm in the same family. I got it one week later. I call that God's grace, right? So it's a matter of perspective. How you look at things, how you see things in your life, it's a matter of perspective. This as well, and this is deeper water hard. Was that video hard to watch? 
I wanted to jump through the screen and hit somebody, right? All the pain. But you have that in your own life. You do. You have something similar, something that you can relate to. One thing that was really painful for me is seeing pornography at five years old on a Christian school playground for no reason. Just strewn around. Like, nobody was like, here, look. It was just there. That's an act of God, okay? And I've wrestled with God many times about even that in my life and how I don't stand a chance at age five and why that created this lust and like, God, you're not good. And um, God has reminded me again and again that apart from that gross sin, because of my self-righteousness, I would have never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So again, can you see the grace of God in your own life? Now, without the scriptures, I would have never have gotten there with the whole pornography thing or with the whole, like, cold thing. Without the revealed scriptures, without the grace of God on the page, right, I would never have thought that way for my own life. And then I think of this, again, because of scripture, but I see the grace of God revealed in the lives of others. Do you see God's grace revealed in others? My wife has been a saint the last month. I mean, give me gravy. Please tie my shoes. Okay. Like, please get me an ice pack. Please, you know, please, 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 please. You only have so many chips. I was, I was cashed out. And I hate to admit this because you probably don't want to come back next week when I do, but I, uh, the words I've said to my wife in the last few weeks grieve me. I've apologized to her. It's just like when you're in pain, you say stupid stuff, right? Maybe not. Maybe it's just me, but it's so hard when you, you, you're like, there's words coming out of your mouth and you're like, please bring those back. I don't want to say that, right? And you can't take it back. Words matter. And, uh, I've seen my wife be gracious. I've seen the grace of God in my wife just, just again and again be like, it's okay, we're going to get through this. And that's really precious. Staff, too, I could go on and on. Like, people surrounding Ed Gall, like, people surrounding me have been very gracious with me. And then the church, right? The church as a whole. I see God's grace in the church. I see it. Here's the number one way I see it. People choosing to cover offenses in love. We have this thing when we, you become a member, it says, if. No, it doesn't say if. It says, when you are offended, go to the person that offends you and speak lovingly and directly to them. Don't spread it about. And even try, right, if you can, to just roll it off your back to God and not take it to the person. To let love cover it is a priceless thing. Proverbs 17.9 says this. It's a precious verse. Whoever covers an offense, seek love. But he who repeats a matter separates close friends. There's a couple of verses after that. It's a verse you probably know, right? A, f- a friend sticks closer than a brother. A brother's born for diversity, right? 
we see the grace of God revealed in Scripture. We see the grace of God in our own lives. We see the grace of God if we're looking, paying attention to who God is in the lives of others. And so here's the action point for this first point. Read the word. It's simple. I know we say it all the time, but read the word. Let it wash over you. Let the grace of God change your heart. Read the word. That's why we pass out Bibles every week. Because we know the power of God is in the word of God and it's revealed. We see the grace of God revealed in scripture. Psalm 111.4 says, He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. How did he cause his wondrous works to be remembered? It's right here in his word. So let's read the word now more than ever, okay? Let's prepare our hearts that way and see God's grace and apply God's grace. Okay, then this. Secondly, we experience the grace of uh, gracious character of God through forgiveness. We experience the gracious character of God through forgiveness. Look down at this verse, um, Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. It says more things about his character. There's five things revealed here. But I'm going to take those first two, merciful and gracious, and just tell you a little bit about them. This is the character of God. See his grace in the pages of scripture and now hopefully experience his gracious character through forgiveness. His mercy and compassion, uh, the word is compassionate if you look it up. It means genuine care. God genuinely cares for you. He, he has a tender attitude of concern for you. It's pity, really. It's like he's like, they can't help it. They're a mess. And so he has mercy for us. And then this, grace, gracious. Gracious, he, he grants kind favor that we do not deserve. So mercy is God withholding what we do deserve. I deserve punishment for my sin. I walked away from God. He didn't walk away from me. And grace is God pouring kindness and favor out on me, even though I don't deserve it. Psalm 116.5, there's so many verses about grace. Did I mention that? You should go read the word. There's like hundreds and hundreds, four different words, two in the Greek, two in the Hebrew Old Testament. There's so much to read on grace. But here's another verse about God's character, God speaking about himself. Psalm 116.5, I'll put it on the screen. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, right? Our God is merciful. This is God just saying, here's who I am. I'm gracious, I'm merciful, I'm righteous. This is who I am. I thought I'd get it to you uh, in a more familiar passage. I know we preached uh, through uh, Ephesians last year. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Did I say 5? I am struggling today. I meant 2. 
Ephesians 2 should be in like every message ever preached of all times. So if you want a passage on your lips, this would be a good one. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me just read it over you. Just let it soak in, okay? Just let it soak in. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, every single one of us, once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. And we're by nature, I've circled that in my Bible, nature, by nature. It's my nature. It's my sinful nature. I was born with it. We're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. There's not a person here that wasn't born with a sin nature, that isn't opposed to God. Verse four. But God, right? It's him. It's his gracious character that changes everything. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. This is why grace is so important. Without grace, there's no salvation. Grace activates our faith in God. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places, speaking of the resurrection, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And then these two familiar verses that you've probably read or memorized. For by grace you have been saved through faith Grace of God activating my faith in God that he is gracious. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So good. So good. By nature, we're sinners. But God, in his love, chose to be merciful and gracious. He didn't give me what I did deserve, and he gave me what I didn't deserve. What a loving, merciful, gracious father. How do we experience this grace? One word, it's the last word of the point. Forgiveness, right? That's how we feel it. He forgives us. I could do something stupid and then all of a sudden he's like, but I love you and I forgive you. And there's a piece there of repentance that is key to that, where we turn from our sin and we ask God to forgive us. And he's always gracious to do it. There's a verse for that, um, 1 John 1, 9. You've probably got that memorized too, but I'm gonna put it on the screen for all of us. For 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And then this, if we say we have not sinned, there's some people maybe here, they're like, I'm not a sinner. I'm pretty good. I grew up in church. I thought that. I thought I was better than everybody else because I grew up in church. But if we think that way, we make him a liar. Jesus is not a liar. You can't make him a liar. It's just in your own mind you're making him a liar. You're saying he's not good. He's not gracious. He doesn't love me. I don't need his love. I can get there on my own. And his word is not in us. Now, his word is not in us. That ties into the first point. His grace revealed in his word. Now, we experience the grace of God, the gracious character of God through forgiveness. So the question on the table is this. Do you need forgiveness? Is there something in your life you don't feel forgiven for? Maybe it's a fresh sin that you committed last night or this week. Maybe it's something that's been lingering that was just really bad and you just have never been able to forgive yourself. You can be done with that. Do you need forgiveness? The answer is yes. We all need forgiveness. It's not a hard answer. But are you willing to receive the forgiveness that he'll freely give because his gracious character demands that he give it when you ask? We have communion. We're going to have it later. Between now and then, if there's a sin in your life, if there's a thing you need forgiveness for, just submit it to God. Just lay it down at his feet. God, I need you. I need you so bad to forgive me for this. I don't feel forgiven. I've asked for forgiveness several times. And maybe by faith, you just need to depend on the grace of God and walk out of here, feeling it or not, forgiven. Forgiven. Because that's what his character says he does. When we repent, he forgives us. So return to the Lord. So there's a couple of verses on that that I want to just share with you. I'm going to put them up on the screen. They've been really profitable to me this week as I've studied this, as we repent and return to the Lord. Let me read them for you. Second Chronicles 30, verse 9. For if you return to the Lord... Your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and he will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Today I'm hoping that we have a bit of a revival in our service where we return to God. We need to do that all the time. But we get to do it together. We're here. And we can feed off of one another's recommitment to God. And we can return to the Lord. And find times of refreshing, like it says in Acts. Then this, Nehemiah, two verses there. Nehemiah 9.17 and Nehemiah 9.31. Here they are. Um, Nehemiah 9.17. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that he performed among them. I read it, but I don't believe it. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. Bad idea. But you are a God ready to forgive, 
gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. This is the word of God. This is what he says about himself. And then verse uh, 31, chapter 9, verse 31. Nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end to them or forsake them. For you are a gracious and merciful God. Why didn't God just wipe us all out? Why eight people on a boat called the ark all start over with Noah? Because he's gracious. He's gracious. That's his character. This last point. We live graciously because God is gracious with us. Because of the grace of God revealed, because we've experienced, have you experienced? I hope you have. Because you experienced the grace of God, his gracious character in your life through forgiveness of your sin. We are a church where we graciously, we live graciously, right? We're going to live graciously. This is what we're going to do. Because God is gracious with us we're going to be gracious with others. It's harder than it sounds. It sounds really good. It's harder than it sounds. But it's worth doing. Church, listen to me. This is a watershed moment for us. If we decide to be gracious with one another, no matter what happens, it'll change the course of our church. We'll go to the next level. Living graciously demands a couple things, words and deeds, okay? As I read the scriptures this week, um, there's so much in the scripture about words, right? About gracious words. I can't read them all to you, but let me throw up a couple um, just uh, tidbits, okay? So we live graciously because God is gracious with us, and uh, here's the tidbits from Scripture, okay? So Luke 4.22, Luke 4.22 says, people marvel, marveled at Jesus' gracious words. They were astounded because he was so gracious when he spoke. And then uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, let your words build up, giving grace to those who hear. Giving grace to the hearers, King James Version. And then uh, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, ready to give an answer, right? To anybody. And then the last one, Proverbs 11. Can't remember the reference. 11, 26, we'll go with that. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul, health to the body. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. This is probably the best verse, so I'm going to throw it on the screen. That's not going to sit there. I brought two apples just in case that happened. Boom, there it is. All right. Proverbs 25, verse 11. Right? A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold on settings of silver. This is it. Like, who's going to deny that? Well, it's not gold, I get it. But like, if it was, you'd take it. 
best I could do. This is what we're talking about. Coming out of our mouth to the person with us. It's like silver and gold to them. It's precious in their sight when we speak lovingly and graciously to them. And deeds. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about being humble. It also talks a lot about suffering. Humble suffering are the deeds, right? That God's like, hey, I'm pleased with this. It says that uh, these things are a gracious thing in the sight of God. Problem is, here's the problem. There's always a problem, right? You ever get that way? It's like, oh, just when I was going to be positive. Problem is, here's the problem. Negative self-talk. Do you hear that voice in your head? That sounds really good, Steve, but if you only knew my situation, um, I noticed the negative self-talk a lot when I had the bad back. I was like, what's your fault? You put on a little weight. It's your fault. You did that. It's your fault. You, you know better than to walk. <laughs> like, it's your fault. Like, you know, you're just judging yourself all the time. What, who's talking to you most often? You, about you, and your perspective of you is important. And not everybody has negative self-talk, but I think a lot of us do. And just know that that's a problem. What do you say to yourself about yourself? Are you aware of it? That's not God speaking to you. You know that, right? Because I think some people are just like, well, that's God. He's just, he's talking to me. It's like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. God wouldn't say that to you. <laughs> That's not what God's saying to you. So don't blame that on God. That's you talking to you. Problem is that we think um, life is about winning and losing. <laughs> We're winners, right? It's like, I gotta win. And so I'll run over people <laughs> We'll lie, we'll cheat, we'll steal to win. And it's not very gracious. Take these problems that are real in our life and just abolish them, right? Stop the negative self-talk. Stop the like, I have to win. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you're following him, you won. You can stop trying so hard. You're a winner. The end game is done. By God's grace, you've arrived. This passage of scripture just uh, penetrated me. You know how you're reading the scripture and sometimes you just stumble on something? So I'm just going to get to Matthew 11. I'm going to read it for you as we close here. Matthew 11. I think it's probably a familiar passage, but let me read it for you. At this time, verse 25, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Revealed them to little children through his word. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will 
All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except for the Father, and no one knows the Father except for the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then these verses, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What are you carrying? What are you carrying? That's so heavy. What is it that's so heavy that you can't just drop it and walk out of here with forgiveness and grace? We're going to take communion together. We're going to give our offering. The ushers will be down here, just standing here. It's a different way to do offering, I know. If you're not giving today or if you gave online, don't, it's not like that, okay? It's not like a show. We don't give as a show. It's just your opportunity to give, okay? We're going to have communion out here. We're going to sing a song. And I pray that during this song, that as you repent of that thing you're carrying and you see forgiveness and grace from the Lord, your Father, maybe for the first time in your whole life, maybe again now, that you'll walk out of here gracious because God's grace for you. Does it make sense? Gracious because of God's grace for you. Before I pray, let me say this to you. This is from Numbers. You've probably heard it before. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's pray. Father, your grace is sufficient. It's enough. And so we ask right now, Maybe even we need to search the scriptures and read the verse again. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Let that wash over us, God. Your word reveals your grace. We see it. Father, now, Help us to experience it. You've given us communion as an avenue of repentance and forgiveness again and again. And I pray as we walk out today, we walk out carefree, resting in you. Thank you for your grace. 
Thank you for the promise that when we receive your grace, that you'll make us into gracious people. We want that. In the name of Jesus Christ, we want that.